0: All right, Good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Another incredible ahead of us today. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Kislev. Josh and Becca Friedman for dedicating Ovashim and Joshuas this month. The commission of the yard site of Josh's father, Yisrael Yehuda, Brachaim Rafal, for an aliyah for the neshamas of all of those who were murdered Hakadosh Shem Simchas Simchastar and Eretz Yisrael this year, and for a safe return for all of our Chayalim and hostages. And a complete and enduring refuel for all of those who have been injured. Sammy and Malka Esterson, in memory of their parents, Hinda Bas Henech Ephraim, Yitzchok Leib Ben Aaron and Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram. The Pepper family, in memory of their brother and uncle, Yosef Pepper, Yosef David Ben Yaakov. So with that, let us begin a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us. are actually really some some really special pieces we have in front of us. So today's daf is Lamed Bays. Leib. Baruch Hashem. Leif. So let's begin. Lamed Aleph thirty-one B at the Mishnah. So we'll say actually this Mishnah is really going to be a bit of a, a bit of a repeat of that which we of that which we studied and that which we went over yesterday. And the Mishnah says as follows: Zeba So let's call it Reuben and Shimon. Right? Reuben is walking with his barrel, and Shimon is walking with his beam. Now, both we'll say. Now in this case, as opposed to yesterday cases. We were talking about Ruvain and Shimon walking one in front of the other. Here they're coming from opposite directions. All right, so we kind of know where this, uh, where this story is headed, quite literally headed on a collision course. So Ruvain and Shimon are walking at each other. Ruvain's walking ultimately with his barrel, and Shimon's walking with his beam. Well, let's actually reverse it. Well, Ruvain's walking with his beam, and Shimon's walking with his barrel. So we'll say, so again, if Shimon's barrel ends up breaking against, sh- sh- uh, if, sorry, if Shimon's if right, barrel ends up breaking against Ruvain's beam, Shal' right halach is Potter. Ultimately again, Ruvain is Potter. Why? Simply put, Shalazar is <laughs> Shuslahalich, it's a So remember, everyone has the right to be there. So because everyone has the right to be there, therefore ultimately again, you know, when they come on this collision course, and and Reuven's beam breaks Shimon's barrel. There's no liability. Okay, that's case number one. Both we'll say pretty straightforward. Now we'll say we're we're switching back to now to now the um, what we'll call the successive successive cases. I don't know if that's the right uh, that's the right terminology, but you know Reuven in front and Shimon in back. So If Reuven, the owner of the beam, was walking first. And Shimon, the owner of the barrel, was walking behind him. So nishpura Chavis pakora. Potter, balakora. And what happens? Shimon essentially walks into Ruvayn and ends up going ahead and breaking his barrel. So aloha l'maysa, Ruvayn's potter. Ruvayn's potter. They will say, again, remember, this is all chazara of everything we learned yesterday. Tap of lama days. However, dem Amad balakora, chayv. However, if aloha l'maysa... Ruvain, right, the guy, the first guy walking with the with the beam, stops, right? Just stops, then Halochla, and then Shimon slams into him. Ultimately again, then Ruvain's gonna be chayiv. Vim Amr Bal chavis. Uh, sorry, Vim Amr La Balachovis, Amot. But what happens if Ruvain called out? After Ruvain, the beam guy, calls out, he says, Stop. He gives a morning. So I say, we saw all this in the He says, stop. And again, Shimon still continues to walk. Then Haloch la'maisa, Reuben will be absolved from liability. Okay. So we'll say, so, so, those, so again, so far, all the same cases. All the same cases. Haya Bal Rishon. We'll 32A, second line down from the top. Haya Bal Rishon. Korah So now we're mixing it up. What happens if, what happens if we'll call him Shimon, the barrel guy is walking first. And Ruvain, the beam guy, is behind him. So So ultimately, again, if the barrel is broken by the beam, so chayiv. Because what's we'll remember again, if the barrel was broken by the beam, then what does that mean? What does that mean? That means that That right? Sorry, Baal chavis rishon, Baal korah So Shimon, the barrel guy, is working, walking first. Ruvain, the owner of the beam, is walking by, and the nishpura chavis pekora. And then ultimately, again, the barrel is broken. Chayiv. Ultimately, again, he's going to be chayiv. However, again, Ahmad bal chavis <laughs> Potter. because remember, again, essentially, what you begin to see is, and it's the same thing, like in vehicular law, right? If you hit someone from behind, right? I, I think the halakh, like the, the law, is you're almost always liable. You're almost always liable, right? Why? Because again, if you're the guy behind, you have the you have the obligation to maintain that safe distance. It's the same, in, same thing in halacha. So what happens over here? So you know, Shimon's walking first with his barrel, Ruven's walking behind, right? Ruven ends, ends up breaking Shimon's barrel with his beam. The liability is on Ruven because Ruven, you should have maintained a safe distance. The le'bal k'orah, will say, now, if in this case, Shimon is in front with his barrel. If Shimon stands still, right? Shimon goes ahead and stops. Then ultimately, and then <laughs> Reuven slams into him. Then at that point, Reuven is going to be liable. But if Shimon's in front with his barrel and he stops, but he gives warning, he gives warning to Reuven by the same. Reuven, stop, right? And ultimately, he does. He doesn't, and Ruben continues and slams into the barrel. <speaking> in <Spanish> ultimately, Reuven is going to be liable. So I'll we'll say so again. I just want to point out there is nothing new here. This is everything that we learned yesterday. Everything we learned yesterday. Only two new new cases that are being introduced is where Ruben and Shimon are walking kind of in opposite directions towards each other. And there's a bit of a collision course. And today's staff, we also just changed around yesterday's staff. It was always the owner of the beam who was in front, barrel, and back. Today we just switched up those cases as well. But bottom line of bossa is, it is always the same. If the guy behind slams into the guy in front, the liability is on the guy behind. Or at least the guy in front will call this absolve of any liability. If the guy in front stops, stops, that's considered to be an abnormal behavior. And as a result, ultimately, he damages or is damaged. He is liable for that. However, if the guy in front stop and what? And what? Said, called out and said, you know, stop, I'm, I'm, I'm halted over here. Then ultimately, the liability is going to switch to the guy behind. All the same principles that we saw before. The only issue that's not being brought up in this Mishnah. Remember again, where does this Mishnah end? As opposed to what we learned yesterday. In yesterday's daf, what we were sprinkling in there was what? Niskal was tripping, was tripping, right? And, and the obligation to get back up in the aftermath of tripping, the fact that tripping is not negligent, so right, falling down is not negligent, but remaining down is. and Bahashkov, as we saw yesterday, right? But Lamaise, but, but, so today we're just not dealing with that. Mishnah ends off by saying, v'cheyzeba b'neiro, Another case of will say, Again, we're going to see some beautiful channic allusions to this as well. Ultimately, again, same idea is if one guy is coming with his nair and one guy is coming with his flax. <laughs> Ultimately, again, the same halacha applied. Now, I'll say you read that line in the Mishnah. You have no idea what that is talking about, except that I know that pishtan is flammable right? and the nair ignites stuff. So, obviously, we're talking about some type of case of damages. E'mayad Hashem, we will see you in the Gemara. Beautiful. i here we go. Uh, quite an interesting case here. Interesting case. What happens if a man injures his wife during intimacy? During intimacy, he, he, he injures her. So we'll say, so now what's the shayla? What's the shayla?" Or we'll say, so can she sue for damages? Can she sue for damages? So that's the So that's the question. So So we'll say, on one hand, we could say, look, obviously we're talking about a case. But we're not talking about a case where a man injured his wife because, because he violated her. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, again, a consensual act. So, if it's, so on one hand, we could say, look, she, right, in order, everything is being done bereshus. Everything is being done with consent. So maybe because there's consent, ultimately there's no possibility for damages. Oh, Dilma... Iboile li is incredible. Or maybe, I say, just because you have consent doesn't absolve you from damages. Right? At the end of this, you could have, you could have there, are, there are plenty of cases where damages happen with consent, right? I us say, can you imagine, like, like I, I invite, yeah, well, well, we'll see other cases. So, or perhaps, again, the Iboile means he has an obligation to be careful. What was interesting what the you is suggesting is that, obviously, part, you know, the, in halokha, in halokha, in Intimacy is a responsibility that a husband has towards his wife. In general, there's a, the hashkaf of intimacy is that it's the husband's obligation to provide his wife with a pleasurable experience. It's a husband's obligation of Ona. The responsibility sits upon the husband. So even though, again, a husband has a responsibility, part of that responsibility is also to go ahead and be careful to be careful to not injure her. See, so even though it's with, with shus, maybe at the end of the day, maybe at the end of the day, he still has an obligation to be careful. So I Mars as well says, so what is it? It was an interesting case. So let's say she's damaged, she's injured as a result of the relations. Can she sue for damages? We learn this. We learn this in the Mishnah we will Remember again, the halacha is going back to the Mishnah, right? The Mishnah spoke about the first case in Mishnah. Reuven is walking in one direction, you know, with his beam. Shimon's approaching him from the opposite direction with his barrel. The barrel and the beam collide. There's no liability. Why is there no liability? I'll say why. By the way, I want to point out: there's no liability assuming what that there was no negligence, right? If Reuven is carrying a beam and texting. It happened in Talmudic times as well, right? You know, if he's kind of even texting, he's distracted. There, there could be, but assuming that everybody is just doing their thing, right? And walking in a normal fashion. But again, accident. so there's no liability. Why? Why is no liability? Because they both have the right to be there. So what do you see from here? That when two people engage in an act and both, so to speak, quote unquote, have the right to be there, and damages happen just in the normal course of events... There's no liability. So, using that logic, one would say that if a husband injures his wife in the course of relations, there's no liability. Um, Amar kava says, I don't know. I can give you the Kavafalin Kavachomer. Listen to this. Listen to Kavachomer. So Ravah wants to back this up with a Kavachomer. Watch this. Umyar. You're to say. Let me take one step back. One, one word of introduction about this. The paradigmatic case of Shogeg. Of, right, of injuring someone accidentally is the yar, is the Torah's forest case. What's the forest case? Reuven goes into the forest to chop wood, right? Unbeknownst to him, Shimon is also there. In the course of chopping wood, Reuven, again, either a splinter of wood flies out and goes and kills Shimon, or the ax head falls off, right, flies off and kills Shimon. That's the paradigmatic case of shogeg, of accidental, in this case, in that case, accidental death. But that's the paradigmatic case of showing. It's rubber's like this Umayar Sha Shiz sorry. Umayar Shazel Shuson Nichnas Shuson nichnas. Now both say when Ruben and Shimon both go into the forest. It's both of their Rishos sort of thing. Now the truth is remember, the forest in question doesn't belong to either of them. What it means is they both have the right to be there. So it's the equivalent of Ruven entering entering into his domain, Shimon entering into his domain. Right? So what's the of on Nichnas? Nichnas the Chaiev. Right I'm sorry, say so again, interestingly enough, in the case of the forest both are entering into a domain that they have rights to. Yet, for liability purposes, the Torah treats it as if Reuven, the, 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 the injurer, right, is ultimately going ahead, the, the injurer is, is entering into Shimon's Roshos. So that's, even though in the case of the forest, they're both entering into a domain that is theirs, for liability purposes, it's as if Reuven has entered into Shimon's Roshos. So in that case, so, we'll say, so ultimately, again, in the case of intimacy, where literally the husband is entering into the wife's domain, literally, so ultimately there should be liability as well, to which the Gemara says, But yet, we come to our Mishnah, and our Mishnah clearly tells us that Allah wherever two people have the right to be in a particular domain, and damage occurs not through negligence, right, but just through normal course of events. That there should be no liability. To which the Gemara says, "Here is the difference between the two cases." Hasam tarvayu ki say in the case of Ruven and Shimon entering into the forest and Ruven chopping wood and a splinter or an axe head falling off and killing Shimon, Ruven and Shimon are equivalent. Haha ihu kaavad meisa vehilo. So I would say, this is interesting. The way the halacha views, the way the halacha views the act of intimacy, is that it is the husband who is doing the ma'isa, and it is the wife who is, so to speak, passive. Passive. So because that, I say, also that could change things halachically. So therefore, again, because the husband is one, quote, unquote, doing the ma'isa, if damage occurs, he really should be liable for that. Because he's, quote, unquote, the perpetrator of the damage. The Yimara says, The says, But that's not true. I will say, here's the problem. I will say, first wide line. Here's the problem with saying that in an act of relations, it is the man who is active and the woman who is passive. Why? Because they're both saying, in every act of illicit relations, there's dual liability. Right? If a woman was really fully passive in the act of intimacy, then she, a woman should never have any liability for any illicit act of relations because technically, she's not doing anything She's not doing anything. But yet, we see, the Pasik says, also smikara Yet, we see that Allah if a woman does engage in an illicit act of relations, it's absolute liability. So you see from here that a woman is considered to be active, quote-unquote, active in the act of relations, to which the Gemara says, no, no, no. But here's the difference. Hano'a islahu, ka'avid. It's actually interesting, say. The Gemara wants to make a distinction between Hano'a, which is benefit or pleasure, Versus maisa, which is dynamic activity. And the reason why, if a woman engages in an act of illicit relations, there's liability is because she benefited, quote unquote, from the act. That, that's her role. She gets hana. So, because she gets hana, therefore again, there's liability. But from an actional perspective, it's actually interesting, from an actional perspective, Halacha le maisa, the man is considered to be the active one, and the woman considered to be the passive one. Fascinating. And I will say, therefore again the Torah wants to suggest that because it's the man who's the active one therefore if a husband damages his wife in the act of relations uh, damage, or, or, injures and causes damage in the act of relations that ultimately again he should be liable he should be liable I say, how do we paskin so we paskin actually <coughs> excuse me, that if a husband does cause damage does cause injury to his wife in the act of relations she can sue. Those damages. That's how. That's how the shulchan Pask is Now, obviously, I will say it's going to depend on which damage. Like, for example, for example, what do we know off the bat that she's not going to be able to collect? Boshes, good boshes, right? Because remember, again, boshes, boshes. Not to say that there can't be a form of humiliation with it, but remember, what does boshes require? Mesid, right, Boshes obviously assuming that again we talk- hopefully we're talking about a case over here where his intention is not to damage her, right? But So, but whatever whatever the damages, she'd be entitled to we have ask him that if a man interests his wife in the act of relations, ultimately again there could be she could technically sue for damages. Incredible. What's yeah, It's yeah. This is. There, there, there's, there's an interesting, like, Hashgahic piece in that also. It's interesting to think that in the act of intimacy, right, which is there to engender a deeper bond between husband and wife, also, right, the beautiful way in which we view intimacy is in, in Yiddishkeit, we don't view intimacy as, a, as an outlet for satisfying a desire, right? We see, we see intimacy as, as a tool for building relationship. So it's interesting that a tool for building relationship could also be the source of damages. So of you see this in life in general, Lav Dafka just this specific case, how sometimes, again, well-meaning intentions, even well-meaning actions, could result in damage. That's why even having, even having the right machshavas, right? even having well-meaning intentions, is not enough. You have to figure out the right way to execute those well-meaning intentions. Because even, again, the most beautiful intentions could result in damage, and if they result in damage, you're liable for that. Right? Have, having good intentions is not enough having good intentions and then figuring out the w- correct way to execute those intentions that's the key to relationship success so the mirror mm-hmm. goes right so second wide line above. so "He about Kaur have it's an interesting case this was I, said, I remember again the next case in Mishnah which again is really in line with what we saw yesterday so Ruven carrying his beam is walking in front Shimon Shimon the owner of the barrel holding the barrel is in back So we had a variety of cases. What are the cases? Case number one. Case number one, Shimon's battle breaks against Ruvain's beam. What's Ta'aloha? What's Ta'aloha? Ruvain's exempt. Right, Shimon, you got too close. However, if Ruvain stops, if Ruvain stops, and Shimon slams into him, then what's Ta'aloha? Ruvain's liable. However, if Ruvain stopped, and Ruvain called out to Shimon, and Ruvain said to Shimon, halt, right, stop. He gives him enough warning to stop, and Shimon still continues to slam into him, Ultimately no liability. So let's analyze Amara Slakish. So Rosa so quotes a similar what, what is up. Now we'll say, now just understand. Let's let's take let's pause here for just a second. When Ruven stops, right, when Ruven Abalakora stops and Shimon slams into him, right? Why isn't Ruven Chayev? Why isn't Ruven Chaiv? What's the mechanics? Why isn't Ruven Chaiv in that case? Because that's what's stopped. Because also remember again, we saw the principle, Kala any time that you go ahead and and engage in and engage in, well, it doesn't, I was going to say deviant behavior, but that doesn't that unusual behavior. Thank you. Right. A- Any time that you go ahead and you engage in unusual behavior, so ultimately again, then you're responsible for what happens next. That's the isod. So Ruven, you're walking, right? So you're walking. If you stop, to say it's unusual, but people don't do that. Although we did see, remember, again, people do stop for a moment. For a moment, right, to readjust the load, which, which is momentary. Again, that's fine. But when we take a stoppage with liability, that's like you're stopping to rest. So when you engage in unusual behavior, you are then responsible for whatever damages occur as a result of that. That's the guiding light principle on this. So watch this. I'm very sluggish. State we saw this a million times already. Say a million. I mean two. Right? State mm-hmm. right. Remember again, you have two cows in sarabim. So cow A is squatting down, right? Squatting down, and one is walking. Ba right. so If the walking cow kicks the squatting cow, it's potter. Why? Why? What's the logic? Squatting is unusual. Squatting is unusual, right? That's not what animals do in Rosh Hashanah So therefore, if the walking animal comes along and kicks the squatting animal, ultimately the walking animal is patar. Ravutsu of ma'aleches, however, again, if the squatting animal kicks the walking animal, then ultimately chayavas. Then, in that case, we will say, again, the squatting animal is going to be chayev because we will say a squatting animal has no right to kick anyone. Fine. Siglimar says, so we we'll say, so point is, what do you see from here? What do you see from here? That the squatting animal did something unusual. Once you do something unusual, if you get kicked, after you do something unusual, there's no liability for the kicker in that case. So they me say say, so let's bring up, our Mishnah supports this idea. If the owner of the beam was walking first, Ruben is walking first with his beam and Shimon is walking behind him. Nishpura Potter. So ultimately again Shimon walks into Ruben, so Ruben is Potter, Vim Amad Balkorah Chaiv. But if Reuven Reuven is walking with his beam and what Reuven stops Reuven stops and now what happens now Shimon slams into him Chayiv now Rabbeinu say at this point at this point so at this point Reuven is going to be Chayiv Reuven is going to be Chayiv why why Rabobu say why why because Reuven stood still in Rishus Harabin Reuven was Mishana. Ruben engaged in unusual behavior. Once you engage in unusual behavior, you are responsible for any ensuing damages. I've ha ha. And once again this case, this case, when Ruben stops, you know Ruben is just like? Ruben is just like a squatting cow. I don't know if anyone ever called him that before, right? But Lamaysa so, Ruben, you are just like a squatting cow. So when you are a squatting cow and you get kicked, and you get kicked. So again, you are responsible for that. As says, Beautiful. Zimara says, Zimara says, one second. Zimara says, one second. You're bringing up the squatting cow case as a proof to our Mishnah, right? The truth is not only does our Mishnah and squatting cow case, squatting cow case not aligned with each other, but they actually pose a question. How so? Taima <coughs> de I will say, now, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, the reason, ultimately, again, here's what's interesting, when the squat, right? Well, let's go back to the squatting cow case. What did we say? The cow is squatting, right? So when the walking cow kicks the squatting cow, butter. If the squatting cow kicks the walking cow, what's the halor? right? Now what's interesting is the reason why the squatting cow would be chayiv is because it kicked the walking cow. So the Gemara says interestingly enough it sounds like the squatting cow just went ahead and just injured the walking cow through some other way. Sounds like it's potter. Sounds like it's potter. Yet the Mishnah's case is where damage does come. Mishnah means without intent and yet it says that chayiv. So we we'll so the two cases do not align at all. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. So we'll say, what's the Mishnah's case? So we'll say, the Mishnah's case is that when Ruben stopped, when Ruben stopped, we saw yesterday's daf, literally he was sprawled out or he stopped like a carcass across the road. In other words, we'll say, the way he stopped, we kind of have this image of Ruben carrying the beam on his shoulder and he stops. So really, really, Shimon, technically speaking, could even go around him in some way. And, but no, actually, it's not the case. Reuven actually has, essentially, his, his beam, he stopped across the width of the road. Across the width, So I'll say, ultimately, again, the case over here is Halacha in the case of the cow, the cow is squatting on one side, and the other cow had room to go ahead and had room to go ahead and and walk around it. Fine. the end of the Mishnah Diktani. If the owner of the barrel was walking first, and ultimately again the owner of the beam behind him, and then the beam guy slams into the into the barrel guy in front of him. So in that case, again the owner of the beam will be Chayiv. Amad is potter, but if the owner of the barrel stopped, and then the beam guy slams into him, so the beam guy is going to be potter. I vahahacha vichemalechas peravuta So will say this is the equivalent, ultimately, again, of the walking cow going ahead and injuring the squatting cow. Vikatani potter, and yet it says that it's potter. To which So ultimately, again, I will say the. The Mishnah is ultimately also, we saw this before we saw this before squatting. The <coughs> owner of the squatting cow can say, "Listen, when my cow is squatting and your cow is walking by, it's totally understandable, if what? If your cow tramples my cow, what does your cow not have the right to do? Kicking? So, we we'll say kicking is a different level. Kicking, we know, is caring. Kicking is aggressive behavior. So, aggressive behavior is always considered to be unusual. unusual. So, we'll say, so therefore, again, even in the case of the squat encounter, we'll say that even if you engage in unusual behavior, while it's true that you are responsible for any damages that occur afterwards, you're responsible for any damages that occur in a usual way. But unusual behavior, love dafka, that you should be responsible for that. Okay, beautiful. So we'll say so that that, that brings me <coughs> into the So again, we'll say so. What do we take out from this sogya? It's really the same exact takeaways as we had from yesterday's daf. So we'll say in general, when you have Reuven walking in front of Shimon. So if halachah la again, if Shimon gets injured, right, or if Shimon if Shimin has if Shimon suffers a loss or damages, so generally the liability is on Shimon right, the guy behind, because he has a responsibility to keep a safe distance in order not to be damaged from anything that Ruben is holding behind him or in front of him, excuse me. If, however, Ruben stops, that's unusual behavior in Rosh Hashanah. If, if, because of that stoppage, ultimately Shimon is damaged, Saloch Lamaysa, that responsibility is upon Ruben. If, however, Ruben stopped, but Reuven called out to Shimon, and Reuven said to Shimon, stop, right? He, he gives Shimon enough warning, stop, stop, stop. And Shimon still continues to go forward. Halo l'maysa, Haloha l'maysa, Reuven will be absolved from liability. The other case, which was the last case in the Mishnah, Reuven and Shimon coming at each other from opposite directions. Reuven with his beam, Shimon with his barrel, right? They walk into each other, ultimately, again, assuming no negligence, assuming no negligence, Reuven will be Ruben, the beam guy will be potter. Why? Because they both have the right to be there. Incredible. Mishnah. Mishnah. Shneim shela ahachem Mishnah We'll say this is a great case. Two people walking on shsar Echad rats ve'echad mahalech. One of them is running and one of them is walking. Oshah ha'yushneim ratsim, or both were walking. Or sorry, both were running. and they injured each other. What's talacha shnei peturim. They're both exempt. Okay, so this is interesting. So, we'll say, so now, now will say, what, what are we introducing over here? What are we introducing? Running. That's the new. That's what's being introduced over here. We're introducing running. Says the Gemara Mas Nisin De Ben Yehuda. Our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Yisi Ben Yehuda. Why? What does Yisi Ben Yehuda say? Omer Lots Ben Yehuda says running, right? You're chayev if you run. Why? B'nei Now this is actually very interesting. EC says that in general, running is unusual behavior. People walk and running is unusual. So why is that important? Because remember, once, once you are engaged in unusual behavior, then what's ta'alachah? Right. What's Then you're higher for any subsequent damages. So, so therefore again, the, so says our Mishnah clearly indicates that running is not unusual. Right? Running is not unusual. That's why, again, one person is running, two people are running, and damage happens. But our Mishra seems to indicate that running is just like walking. So the just says that our Mishnah is not like Isi ben because EC says, running is running is unusual, and therefore you're high for any damages. However, it say it's beautiful. Umode the Isi, the Erev Shabbos ben But Isi, however, agrees that Erev Shabbos ben we'll say, some things do not change. Right? Rushing Erev Shabbos. Rushing Erev Shabbos. See, even Isi agrees, that running Erev Shabbos ben that is, that is usual. That is usual. Because they'll say, a person has b'rshus, so to speak, to run on Erev Shabbos ben HaShemashos in the twilight period. Right? Because they want to go ahead. And I will say, now here's what's interesting. To us, our, our, our reflexive understanding of this is, why am I running? Why am I running? because I'm late. <coughs> this says it's actually not what he's talking about over here. Listen to a beautiful. this ki is ben Judah. Ta'avakh as is ben Judah, which Rabbi says tells us that normally running is considered to be mushona. Running is unusual. However, Erev Shabbos, it is not. Did <laughs> <Rabbi> say <laughs> attribution. That's our Mishnah. our Does is not attributed to anyone specific, which sounds like it's the Divrei call. our Mishnu says that what? Running is not unusual. Running is not unusual. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. The says, Masnisin berev Shabbos ben So the listen to this. This is beautiful. Rabbi Yochanan posits that our Mishnah, Bosa is actually talking about what? Erev Shabbos ben Right? Going right to the twilight period, entering into Shabbos. That's our Mishnah. That's why the Mishnah says, one person's running, two people are running. That's not considered to be unusual behavior because it is usual to run on Erev Shabbos, in the twilight period. And even E.C. Ben Yehuda, who holds that running is normally unusual, holds that on Erev Shabbos, running is usual. Incredible. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, Because the Mishnah said, even if both of them are running their potter, why do you that extra face. Hashtag Echad Ratz Vecher because we'll say, think about the Mishnah. Right? The Mishnah said, the Mishnah said, if one of them was running, right, your potter and cause damage, or if two of them, but we'll say, obviously, if you're gonna be potter where one of them was running, then what? It goes without saying that your potter for damage is if both of them are running. Why didn't he include that case? this is what he needs to say. It's beautiful. Echad Rats Viacha Mahalik potter. So I will say in a general sense. Here's I say. Here's you have to read the Mishnah. Now, essentially, what the Gemara is essentially saying is like a We're missing parts of the Mishnah. Here's how you read the Mishnah. Watch this. It was, it was incredible. I will say in general, if Ruvain's running and Shimon is walking, and I will say they are uh, colliding to each other and cause damage. Reuven causes damage. Let's say Reuven's potter. I When is that so? Beresh I will say that is true if we're talking about again, Erev Shabbos, ben So I will say, so remember again, Erev Shabbos, means the twilight period. Twilight period, late, late already again, maybe by candle lighting time, maybe even into the 18 minutes of candle lighting time. Aval B'chol, but during the week, Echad Ratzve Echad Mahalech Chayiv. Oh, I will say, but listen to this, but during the week, if Ruben's running and Shimon is walking, and Ruben ends up colliding into Shimon and they end up colliding and, and Shimon is damaged. In that case, Ruben is Chayev. Right? Why Rabbo say why? Why? Because Yochanan says, and running is unusual. Running is unusual. However, watch this. Shnehem rats na I will say both Ruben and Shimon are running, and they both collide into each other. And let's say Ruben damages Shimon. What's that What's that why? Why? Because they're both engaged in unusual behavior. So I'll say, so I just want to point out, just understand what's happening over here. The way the Gemara is setting up, setting up the Mishnah now is the Mishnah does reflect the view of Isi ben Yehuda. EC holds that running is unusual. And therefore, again, in a regular case, weekday case, Ruben is running, right? Let's, let me just set this up. Ruben is carrying a beam, he's running with a beam, right? Shimon's walking in the opposite way, he ends up damaging Shimon. What's talakha? What's talakha? Ruvain is chayef. Why? Because he engaged in unusual behavior. The only time that running is not unusual is when, erev Shabbos ben Ashmarshos. So same case, Ruvain is running erev Shabbos ben Ashmarshos, and he collides with Shimon. In that case, he will not be liable. He will not be liable. Listen to this. Um, Amar um, Mar. Amar Mar. Umode Isi Be'arav Shabbos, sorry, sorry, next case. Obviously, if both of them are running during the week, during the week, then obviously there's no liability. Why, why? They are both engaged in unusual behavior. Now watch this, Umode Isi Be'arav Shabbos Be'en Hashmoshos, Shupater, Mepnei Sherats Bereshos. So ultimately, but even Isi, who normally holds that you're liable for running, because running is unusual, Ultimately agrees that on erev Shabbos, ben Ashmashas, your potter. Why? Because that is not unusual. That is usual. So he says, my my So we'll say, what, what does it mean? What does it mean that on erev Shabbos, running, you're running, run. Essentially, what does it mean that on erev Shabbos, running is not unusual? Breshus means with permission. But essentially, what we're saying is like this: Even EC Ben Yehuda, who holds that normally running is considered the unusual behavior, agrees that on erev Shabbos, ben Ashmashas. Running is usual behavior. It's birshos. I will say, birshos, what does that mean? It's usual. What, what makes it usual to run on Erev Shabbos? I will say, here's what's incredible. Like I said before, we all assumed that we're just talking about the Erev Shabbos rush. That's the thing we're just talking about. This is how beautiful this is. Look how beautiful this is. So as Rabbi Hanini used to say, "Rabbi, Hanini and Shabbis, used to say that there's a concept of going out to greet the Shabbos. So Rabbi said, "When we speak about this, is so beautiful. When we speak about running, running ben Ashmashas erev it's not to get home right within the 18 minutes. That, that's not what this is talking about. I'm already, I'm dressed for Shabbos already. The running we're talking about is the running." to go out to greet Shabbos. It's going out to greet Shabbos. As Rabbi Hanino used to say to his students, Bo let's go together, let's go together to greet the Kala Malkasa. Let's go to greet the bride, the Queen of Shabbos. Rashi says over Bo Adam And when you know that the king is coming to town, so what do you do? No one waits for the king to come to them. What do you do? You go out to greet the king. So the would say, Shabbos is like a queen, Shabbos Malkasa. Shabbos is like the queen. He actually uses two lashonos over here. A kala, a bride, and Malkasa, a queen. So this is Shabbos, this is Shabbos. So when the queen comes, you, you don't wait for her to come to you, you go out to greet her. But Amrile, Likras, Shabbos, Kala, Malkasa. Another, like, a different version of this, they would go out to greet, Shabbos, Kala, Malkasa. So just different verbiage, I will say, but the same idea. Same idea, they will say, How are you, Makabal Shabbos? You don't wait for Shabbos to come to you. You go out to greet Shabbos. And I will say, again, this is why, this is the running they're talking about. It's incredible. This is the running they're talking about. Not a running to beat the clock because I worked too late on Arab Shabbos. This is a running, because again, I'm already home. I'm already ready. But I'm so excited for Shabbos to come. I want to go out to greet Shabbos. Rabbi Yanei M'satei V'Amar Boikala. Boikala. kala, Rabbi Yana, I will say ultimately again would wrap himself in his in his Shabbos finery, Shabbos clothing, and he would actually stand in place and he would say, Boikala, kala, kala, come Shabbos bride, come Shabbos bride. So Rava say, so now, remember again, these are not these are not contradictory ideas. What ends up happening is something incredibly beautiful. Step number one. Step number one is we run to greet Shabbos." But here's something amazing. As we're going to greet Shabbos, right to greet Shabbos, something beautiful happens, which is Shabbos runs to come greet us. It's this beautiful synergistic partnership between Kalali Yisrael and Akadosh Baruch Hu. That I will say in general, there is this beautiful, beautiful Yisod. This beautiful Yisod that in general, and I will say there is this Anila Dodiva Dodili. Right? I'm to my beloved, my beloved is to me. And then there's another pasik, Dodili Va Anilo. My beloved is for me, and I am for her. And I will say, in, 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 in spirituality, there is this idea that if you want a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you have to go out and you, you need to get it. And I will say, part of the mistake we make with inspiration is often what we do is we kind of, we, we, we approach it like, all right, I'm ready for it. Right? I'm ready for it. I'm sitting here. I've cleared my schedule. I won't even check my email, my text messages for the next three seconds, right, that's how committed I am to this, right, that's how committed I am to overwhelming commitment, right, and, and, and I'm ready, I'm ready for spirituality to come and like fill my soul. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. If you want inspiration in life, go out and get it. Go out and get it. Now something amazing happens. Once you go out to find a Kaddish Baruch Hu, you'll see something amazing. That Bono shal Olam is searching for you at the same time. Isn't that incredible? In that moment, as I am going out and searching for my beloved Rebun he is searching for me and we meet, we meet somewhere in the middle. And that's the dynamic over here. The first step is, <laughs> well, the first step is, is, getting home from work early on Erev Shabbos, right? That's the first step. The next thing I will say is how does Shabbos start? How does Shabbos start? Shabbos starts, Shabbos starts, you go out. I will say that's part of the reason, you know, again, why do we do Toa it's not just to have a and a piece of gold. I'm coming out. I'm getting out early. I'm getting out early. Right? I'm going to find the Shabbos Malkisa. I'm doing something to show that I am eager to get and to engage. You go out and you find the Shabbos, Shabbos bride. And then once you do that, something amazing happens, which is, I think about the dynamic. I come out early to go ahead and find Shabbos. And then by the time you get to L'chaim, what happens? You turn around. Right? You turn around. And what happens? She's there. I've done my part in proactively trying to engage HaKadosh Baruch And when I turn around, the Rebano Shul Olam is right there as well. Such a beautiful, beautiful day. So that's the running. That's the running the Arab Shabbos. I will tell you, there is a, I'm sure we have time for it, but there is a beautiful, beautiful Marashah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take a picture of it and send it out. The Marashah brings down, he says, it's beautiful to always note that Shabbos is always referred to as a bride, always referred to as a kalah. So the marshal points out over here that this is this is based on the idea that ultimately, again, every day, every day in the week has a zug, has a partner. Right? Sunday as Monday, right? Tuesday as Wednesday, Thursday as Friday. Shabbos, Shabbos has no, so to speak, calendrical or daily partner. Second so of who says Klal Yisrael will be your partner? So that's why Shabbos is always referred to as the Kala. Shabbos is always referred to as the bride of Klal Yisrael. And again, the Marisha, again, you look at it, I'll, I'll send it out. The Marisha brings down, he says, that's why in the Chadodi we see Boikala, Boikala. It's a reference, one Kala is for Kiddushin, for Kidushin, and one Kala ultimately again is for Nisun. The two stages of marriage Boikala, Boikala. They will say the idea that Shabbos represents this marriage to the Rebona Shalom. But I will say what it represents is not just on a Shabbos level, but also just on a spiritual level. I will say, if you want rochmias in your life, you have to go out and get it. And And you can't walk. You can't walk. You have to run, right? Running is always considered to be unusual behavior. Except when? Except when? In the pursuit of Shabbos, in the pursuit of spirituality. Then it's the norm. You want spirituality in life? It's not, you can't stroll. You can't shpatzir. You can't take a casual, relaxing walk. You want spirituality in life? It's running. And that's the normal way to achieve spirituality. But the promise is, if you run to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you will turn around and see that he is running right back in your direction. And how about say, you know, in all of these cases, right, when two people are running, the one thing we hope doesn't occur is what? They don't collide. But I say, there is nothing better then running towards the Baruch Hu, him running towards us, and Mamish, a head-on collision of rochnius. That's what I want more than anything in this world. And Halavai Roshua I Let's we'll say, let's go. Mishnah, Mishnah, a lot to do. We'll a lot to do, all right, we're not dominating. shachar till eight o'clock today. That's it, it's gonna work. HaMivake B'Rosh HaRaben B'Hizek B'Rosh HaRaben. Both interesting, actually goes relatively easy, relatively easy, easy, so gear. We'll say, right, Ruben is chopping wood. In Rosh He's chopping wood on Rush Rabbim. and what happens? ultimately a splinter flies into Rosh Yaqid and injures, injures Shimon. Or per or he's chopping one on Rash Sayyaqid, and a wood chip flies and injures Ruvain. Sorry, Shimon in Rush Rabbim. Or Birish Yachir Akir or is chopping wood in one Rosh Yachid and the wood chip flies into another Rish Sayyid and injures Shimon and all these cases are about say. You're chayef. Right? Now, I say, again, liability is obvious. Liability is obvious. Also, Bosa, I just want to point out, obviously, you ha- no one has a right to chop wood in Rosh Hashanah. Right? understand that, of course. That's what Rosh Hashanah is for. Fine. The say, why do I need all these cases? Here we go. Here we go. Tzvikah. If it we're averted a case of Luvain chopping wood and the wood ship flown through Rosh Rabin, we assume the shchihi Rabin. So there, Rabba say that I understand liability. Why? Because there's a wood ship flying into public domain. So I not understand why there's liability there. Avam Roshes lo when a wood ship flies from Rosh Rabin to Rosh Hayachid, maybe there's no liability. Why? Because the Roshes in general, there's not a lot of people. Okay. vitana if you were to just brought down the case of Rishus Harabim to Rishus Hayachid, that there's liability. Why? Because we also say you have no right to chop wood in Rishus Harabim. Avam Rishus Hayachid, Rishus Rishus But in the case of I'm chopping wood in Rishus Hayachid, and the splinter flies into Rishus Rishus Harabim, maybe I shouldn't be chayiv. Why? To Rishus I have a right to chop wood in the Rishus Hayachid. Tarti. And we're just have these two cases, why? This one, because it's Rosh Hashanah And because there's, no, because there's no right to chop wood. But say in a case where I'm chopping wood in one Rosh Hashanah Rabin, and the wood chip flies into another Rosh Hashanah maybe again, number one, I have permission. Number two, there's not a lot of people around. Maybe I shouldn't be chayiv alone, therefore So therefore again, I have to bring down all of these cases. Good. We go later. So I'll say, here's the interesting case. I walk into a carpenter shop. A nagar is a carpenter shop. So I walk into a you know, car, carpenter shop, yeah. Or a workshop, work into a carpenter shop, okay. What happens? Shalom I will say, watch this. So Ruben is the nagar, right? Ruben is the carpenter. Shimon walks in. Shimon walks in, and Shimon walks in there without without permission. What happens? We'll say Now, fortunately, what happens? We'll say, saw a splinter of wood hits Shimon in the face, and Shimon dies. And Shimon dies. What's the halacha? Potter ultimately Ruven's not the potter. i now why is Ruven potter? Because Shimon didn't ever choose to be there. Then, what happens again if Reuven invited Shimon in, and the same thing happens, a splinter comes, kills Shimon? Ultimately, Reuven liable. asks the Gemara, When we say you're chayiv, what are you chayiv? my chayiv? we now. Watch this. So this is very important. Rabbi Yossi says you're going to be chayiv d'alid dvarim. Right and poter from gulos. I I say, remember again, this is an act of accidental bloodshed. Normally, when you kill someone accidentally, there is an obligation of gulos. In this case, Rabbi, Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Yosi, sorry, something he says, "You dal but potter in gulos." I also take a quick look at Rashi. Rashi says, "Chayv So I we'll say, again, if Shimon didn't die. Then Ruben is going to be chayiv, ultimately again in Dalit Dvarim. So the halacha is, imlo meis elo huzak. So ultimately again, if Shimon didn't die, but Shimon was injured, no sin lo nezek, tsar, repoy and shabbas. He has to pay him nezek, damages, tsar, pain and suffering, ripui, doctor bills, shavas lost wages. David de posheah. So we'll say, however, remember again, what won't he pay him, Rashi says? What won't you pay him? Voshes. Why not boshes? Why no boshes So therefore again, Rabbiosi says essentially, if Ruben injures him, it's gonna be Chayfra Dawidvarim, but if he kills him, if he kills him, he's not Chaiv Ghulus. was now why not? The <inaudible> fish in <inaudible> a yar. Because you also remember again, you're only Chaiv Ghulus in a case that resembles the Forest case. Remember again the Forest case, where Ruben goes at the chop wood, that is the paradigmatic case of Shogang. What's unique about yar? So the Gemara says the yar shusan shusan So the Gemara says, listen to this because here's the difference. In the yar case, in the forest case, both are entering into a domain that is their own, and they have the right to be there. They have the right to be there. In this case of Ose, it is not a joint domain. In this case, however, again, remember Shimon is entering into Reuven's domain. Therefore again it's not it's not comparable to the case of the forest, and therefore again there will not be liability for Golas. Um second, Kava Khomer, Uma Yar Lidito Nichnos, I'm sorry, Ummayar is all daito nichnas, iseladaito nichnos, nashimi shiniknas adas chadero, the gola. So I don't understand the case of a yar, right? Each one Went in, so to speak. We make it as if we make it as if Shimon entered into Ruvain's domain. So the Gemara says, "Zeh shaledas chavero nichnas l'kol So I will say, "In this case, where again Shimon is mamish entering in with the permission of Ruvain, why shouldn't there be liability?" The boss say, "This is incredible." Ela Amar my The boss say, "What does it mean ultimately when we say that Ruvain, Ruvain is patra from Galus? So this is incredible." First white line, "Dilo sagi the boss say, understand, Golos is an atonement, right? Golos is something that atones for killing someone. And said, what the Gemara is suggesting over here is, in this case, Golos will not atone. Why not? Why not? The boss <laughs> listen to this. Golos only atones for a pure shogeg case. But there is such a thing called a shogeg karov Lamezit. Shogeg Karav Lamezit means it's accidental, but there's a heightened level of what we'll call liability. Now, we'll say, now, watch this. This typical case, or the paradigmatic case of Gullus is Reuven goes into the forest to chop wood. In that case, as far as Ruben is concerned, no one else is around. Right? That's where you go to Gullus. In our case, Reuven has a carpentry store. We'll say, what happens in stores? What happens in stores? People walk in. People walk in. So even though in this case, Shimon was not invited in, right? but nevertheless, again, and it's Shogeik, and it's Shogeik. But there's a shtick of negligence associated with it because you have to be of heightened vigilance because people do walk in and out of your store. So because that was said this is a case of shogek and therefore again, gallus, this this is too much of a liability for gallus to atone. That's why Reuven does not go to exile. He he cannot avail himself of this atonement. says, So it was an interesting case. What happens, well, well, say, if a person is being flogged by Beisdin. A person is being flogged by Beisdin. And what happens? The Beisdin accidentally adds on one more lash. And as a result, Ruvain will call him dais. So the guy giving lashes goes to Galus. So the ha says, the Shogi to Galus. But isn't this a case of Shogi Karav Lameisid? The Asuki a person, right, the guy lashing should take him on. You know what? Sometimes one more lash could go ahead and kill someone. So he should have taken better care to keep track of the number of lashes. And failure to do so is, is Shoghi Karbala Shouldn't go to go. What's the case, ultimately, again, where he made a mistake with the number of lashes? And so we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up at Mirat Hashem with this case, with this case of administering too many lashes. We'll pick up with it tomorrow, we'll say. But again, fascinating situation where we see not every Shogig case is eligible for Golos. Only a Shogig case that is true Shogig is eligible for Shogig Karov Ramezin. Accident, which has a high level of liability, will not be eligible for Shogig. We'll see what the Bezin case is tomorrow, we'll say. shkoyah